Hello, spooky souls. This is Jennifer from Boston, Massachusetts, and I hope you are ready for the next collection of sinister sightings. It's time for the most terrifying tales, frightening first-hand accounts, and horrifyingly hilarious antics from your girls of paranormal chicks, Donna and Carrie. So, hope you already ran to the packy or grabbed your Dunkins. It's gonna be wicked awesome. I'm just kidding. We don't all actually talk like that. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 126. And you just heard Jennifer C. and her amazing Boston accent. Like Pock to call Harvard Yard. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was terrible. I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, her real voice, so soothing. And if you like her voice and you're like, I could listen to her all day. I mean, first listen to our episode. But then she has a podcast called haunted happenstance so go check it out become a neighbor you know oh because it's a haunted apartment just so you know that (laughs) you're like become a neighbor what it's a thing they're like okay mrs rogers (laughs) that was funny don't think left me Mm, hilarious hey and you know what jennifer was one of our winners of the giveaway when we gave away well intros so as you know It's a benefit for some levels of Patreon to be able to introduce an episode. But sometimes the people who that's their level, they're like, yeah, I don't want to do that. Don't want to hear my voice. And then we end up getting a little pile of them to give away. So then we do a giveaway on Facebook. So if you're not in the Facebook group, you don't know when we do that. That's right. So you better fucking run. Don't sprain an ankle, but run to the Facebook group. I mean, that's a hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I mean, 31 Nights of Halloween is coming up. That's true. So either join the Facebook or if you don't want to wait for a giveaway and, you know, maybe win, maybe you're not lucky. That's me. That is so me. You can head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. And on Facebook, our group is a Paranormal Chicks group. You can see Carrie holding a knife behind my back. That's our group. Yeah. And most people would bring props. No, Carrie brought a big ass knife. <laughs> and I'm like, can you wave that around somewhere else? Good God. Who trusted like, you with that thing? What should we bring? Because hmm. I still live with mom and dad. I was like, let me find their biggest knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. It is huge. It literally is like your whole back. Of course. And you have a long torso. I do have a long torso. Yeah. I was going to say you're short, but like your torso is you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're like the opposite of Dee Dee from Dexter. Okay, no, lost on you. Somebody will get that. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. She was all legs. I got it. Yeah. Okay. By the by, we're in early December for the readings for Sinister Sightings. So if you sent one in, that's about where we are. Okay. The first one, meeting ghosts via dream and a house fire, question mark. Hey, ladies and fellow creepsters. My name is Brittany and I'm from the Fort Worth, Texas area. I've been listening to you since probably mid-July-ish. Side note, just a heads up, if something I type doesn't sound right, grammar-wise, that's normal. This is is a kind of long story. Anywho, I grew up in Fort Worth my entire life, so I know the area. Flashback to about March, in the midst of quarantine, I have this weird dream. 
which I've had before when I was 15 or 16. I'm walking down the street following this golden lab because I could, I guess, sense that it wanted me to follow them. So I did, and I see this house, and I'm like, I recognize this house, and I don't know why. So I get to the door of his house because the dog walked up to the door, so I thought it was where I lived. I knocked on the door and get greeted by this woman who was dressed in probably early 1900s, late 1800 clothing, kind of like Little House on the Prairie. She introduces herself. I forgot most of the names, including hers. In this house, there are a total of five kids, if I remember correctly. There were three girls and two boys. The youngest was a girl who got really attached to me, and I remember asking what her name was, and she said, Thelala Adequin Bates. I had never heard that name before, so I was like, okay, this is the only name that I remember. The three oldest kids like to play on the third floor. I remember helping the mother with making breakfast and stuff and asking the mom, where's your husband? And she said that he wasn't with them, so I thought he passed away. Thelala then came and asked me to play dolls with her, so I went and played. I'm sitting with her, and I remember asking how old she was because she looked to be no more than four. She said she didn't know, and then it hit me. I recognized the house because I've had this dream before. So very eerily of me to ask Thilula, how long have you been dead for? And she said, a long time. Looking back, I think the reason the dad wasn't there was that something happened to all of them, just not the dad. One of the other children had told me that there was an accident, but that's all I remember. At some point, I went next door because the oldest daughter told me about the people next door saying stuff about them like they were poor and wore raggedy clothes, stuff like that. I went over there, and they were all wearing very 1940s, 50s style dresses. I went to say something, and the oldest girl told me not to say anything because they don't know that they are there, as in living in the house. Eventually, I had to leave, and the mom told me I was welcome back anytime. I hugged her and the kids, and hugging Thelula, I thought, when I turn around to leave and turn back to wave, this house will be burned down. As I walked down the path and turned around, sure enough, it was burned down. So, flash forward to a few days ago. I'm sitting on the bed on the phone with my boyfriend, about to go to bed. We're doing long distance since I'm away at college. I had joined a Facebook group called Fort Worth Memories, and I see this house, and I just freeze. I look in the comments, and there is no way this could be it. And sure enough, there were comments saying that this was a funeral home, and it had burned down in the 70s. I quickly Googled it and remember the rooms that were shown. I had never seen this house before in my life because I'm 19, and I just joined that group a month or two ago. The furniture was so similar to what was in the photos. This also means that I was full on talking to ghosts that were just chilling in this, for the most part, what used to be a funeral home. Might I add their playroom was the attic area. I searched for this family, but if I have the era right, based on their clothes, they probably didn't have any sort of record of them. If you search, search Neil P. Anderson Home or Gauze Ware Funeral Home. I have a few other stories, which include a couple of ghosts seeing apparitions and the ghost in my apartment slash dorm room. Thank y'all for making this year better for me. I drive home in a couple of days from when I'm writing this, so I will be home by the time y'all read this, and I plan on binge listening to the podcast on my drive. Creep it real, ladies. Love y'all. Brittany from Texas. It's Brittany, bitch.
<laughs> Are you still home? <laughs> She's like, I graduated from college. <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you still with your boyfriend? We need all the updates. You full and saw that whole house. And yeah. it was like, you fucking dream hopped or whatever. It dream hopped. Yeah. Isn't that weird when, like, you don't know that name and you don't, like, there's no way that your brain could have processed that. You yeah. You know, like, and especially that name. I feel like if you heard it, you would not forget that name. I feel like I'm probably pronouncing it wrong because sometimes, even though Brittany wrote it in phonetic form, that's, I have a hard time with phonetics. Carrie, well, phonics. She has a, phonetics. Okay. Carrie has a hard time with her phonetics that she does. Because hers does not make sense. I was like, oh, because she needed to do something. So I was helping her, like, do it. The words that she used to do it. Didn't make any sense. Did not make any sense. And you know what? She was like, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. You know, Carrie. And then what did she not do? Get Get it. it. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. Why didn't you just do this? She was like, I mean, does that not sound like a conversation that we have on the reg? Because it is. Yeah, but even when somebody else writes it out phonetically, I still don't get it. <laughs> God bless. So phonetics and state abbreviations. They're my kryptonite, man. <laughs> they really are. My mom did tell me, though, that they were trying out. I don't know how true this is. She probably told me just to make me feel better. But my mom did say, though, that when we were going through, like, kindergarten first, second grade-ish, like, with the reading, that they were trying out, like, one, like, let's say half of the kids in our class got phonics and then half of the kids got like just like sight words and i got just sight words so i do not know how to sound shit out she hmm. could have made that up but it sounds reasonable right like our whole class or just your class like you the were- whole like kindergarten class huh who knows again she may have been lying just to make me feel better all right next one invisible ghost encounter hi ladies it's monica again i have to share What happened to me in my home a few weeks ago? To preface, in April, Hubs and I moved our family an hour-ish away from our parents because, well, wine country is way too expensive to live in nowadays. All country. (laughs) True. Anywho, because we don't have childcare, we tag team with being with our littles and both working. It's hard because we're only able to spend time with each other and as a whole family on the weekends. So needless to say, your podcast and amazing Facebook community you've created has been helping me through the lonely nights. I appreciate you all more than you know. So picture it. It's about nine at night. Littles is asleep in her bedroom and I'm chilling in my bedroom with our doggie Priscilla. It's important to note that Hubs doesn't get home from work until around 1.30 a.m. Hopefully this will make sense. When you walk in the front door of our house, to the left is the hallway with three bedrooms. Our bedroom is in the back of the house, across the hall from Littles, and an empty room which both face the front of the house. At the end of the hallway, you hit a bathroom. Okay, so I'm sitting in my bed, literally just scrolling the social on my phone, and I hear footsteps come down the hallway. They were slow at first. I quickly sat up, my heart beating fast. Then the footsteps speed up, and I hear the bathroom door handle jiggle. I froze with fear. Priscilla barked, so I know she heard something as well. It all happened so fast, what I heard and my reactions. My first thought was that it was Hubs coming home early. 
My second thought was that I knew for a fact he would have told me he works an hour away and we always call each other when we're leaving work. So the first thing I did was check the baby monitor. I didn't see anybody in Little's room. My heart started beating even faster. My breath was trembling as I quickly sprung up and grabbed the small bat I leave by my bedside. I literally thought someone had broken into our house. I didn't want to spend time grabbing a gun from the closet safe in case somebody really was there and got her. They say not to leave and go find whatever it was you heard, but I had to protect my daughter, so F that. I then slowly opened my bedroom door and very quietly began to search every single part of my house. I was literally trembling, clenching the bat with my right hand. I first looked into the bathroom, nothing. Then the empty room, nothing. I looked in every single closet in the other bedrooms and hallway, and then I crept into the garage and even checked underneath my car, nothing. I'm having anxiety just writing this because I know what I heard. I knew nobody was in our house at that point. I mean, if they were, they would have been right outside my bedroom because that's where the footsteps stopped. We have a child lock on the bathroom door, so I think whoever it was was just trying to get in there and couldn't figure it out. Because let's just be honest, childproof is also adult and ghostproof. 100%. <laughs> yes. It's carry proof. I can guarantee oh, it. So hard. It's confusing to me because our house was built in 2003 and we weren't told of any deaths on the property. However, per California code, deaths only need to be disclosed if they happened within the past three years. Really? Mm. Maybe it was my Nana who had just passed, question mark. I don't know, but it creeps me the fuck out. Thank you for reading and once again, getting me through my commutes and life in general. Until next time, XOXO, Mon. I mean, I guess that makes sense, though, about the code because, I mean, you would literally not be able to sell anything. Yeah. I mean, because eventually somebody's going to die in like most houses. Uh huh. But I feel like, okay, do you feel like you should have to always disclose a murder no matter when it happened in that house? Yeah. A murder is just so different. Yeah. That's trauma. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'll just keep saying, yeah. <laughs> well, just the thought of having to like crawl under and see if it was under your car is fucking scary oh, enough. Oh, fuck. Right? And dirty. Ugh. Also, I don't know how you quietly did anything because I cannot be quiet when I'm trying to be quiet. You can't be quiet when you're not trying to be quiet, when you are trying to be quiet. Thank you for that. Literally any time. I don't think I've ever heard you be quiet. When I am quiet, you're like, what's wrong? Nothing. Because you're not supposed to be quiet. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that nothing was there that, you know, harmed you or your child. That's so scary. And I know they say you're not supposed to go and look and blah, 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 blah. But who isn't going to do that? No, I wouldn't go outside. No. That's a whole different thing. Because even if it doesn't have to be evil people, it's just bugs outside. No, I'm good. Hello, ladies. I love that I found your podcast. I have been sensitive for a long time, since I was a little girl, actually. I have so many stories to share with you. I will share a few. When I was little, like five or six years old, my family lived in a three-family apartment building on the outskirts of Boston, Massachusetts. Okay, we just talked about Boston. So she really is a neighbor. In an apartment. (laughs) We lived in the middle apartment. There was my mom, dad, myself, and my little sister. 
The first thing that ever happened was that my little sister and I would always hear the wide pine floors in the hallway outside of our room creaking. I always thought I saw an old man around, but never really thought much about it. Well, one night I was sleeping and I fell out of bed, which was odd because I never fell out of the bed. I was kind of awake when I fell, and to my surprise, an old man picked me up and put me back into bed. I was never afraid and went back to sleep. The next morning when I was eating breakfast with my family, I told my mom that I fell out of bed. My mom and dad were like, uh, no you didn't. And I said, I did, and that an old man put me back to bed. They kind of pushed it off, but that was not the only time there were occurrences that happened. A few nights later, my sister, who is 15 months younger than myself, so she was probably four at the time, got out of bed to go get water in the kitchen. Again, we lived on the second floor of a three-family apartment building. The kitchen had a big window that was next to our pantry. There was a large oak tree out that window. For whatever reason, she looked out the window and saw the same old man. She got her water, went back to bed, again, not afraid. The next morning, she tells the story to my parents at breakfast, and guess what? They reacted the same way. You saw no one. A little while later, my parents decided that we were going to move out of the apartment and build a house in the country. One night, my dad was sitting in the family room watching TV. A footnote here is that my dad is a neat nick. In today's world, he would be OCD. Never heard neat nick. At first, I thought I was like, did she do beat nick wrong? <laughs> I've never heard of that either. Well, I said knick knack. God bless. Like, yeah. So my mom always had a throw on the couch to keep it nice. So picture it. Everyone in bed except my dad. He's on the couch watching TV, probs 11 at night, and he smooths out the throw. He looks over and realizes that there is a perfect indentation of a person sitting watching TV with him. Again, he's OCD, so he tries to smooth out the throw, and it doesn't change. Perfect indentation. So... This is back in the day when there really isn't a remote control for the TV. So my dad gets up, goes into the kitchen, and turns on a light. Then goes back to the family room to shut off the light and TV. Then he walks into the kitchen and turns on the hall light. The hall was right next to my parents' bedroom. He goes back into the kitchen and shuts off the light, and then into the hallway and into the bedroom. He turns on the light and then walks into the hallway and turns off the light. Walks back into the bedroom, gets in bed, and turns off the light. As he's settling in, my mom says, I'm so glad you came to bed. This bed has been shaking all night. What our parents didn't want us to know is that they were having experiences as well, and they had done some research. What they found out was that there was a man who had come over to the U.S. from Italy and who had spent his money to build this house for his whole family. He lived there his whole life until he died. He died in the apartment below ours and just loved the house so much he never left. There are so many stories I want to share. This apartment was my entrance to believing and not being afraid. I could write a ton more stories, but I will at a later date. Creep it real and don't get scared. Thank you for your awesome podcast. I have been binging. Stay healthy, Deneen. I am your father. I would do the same thing. Straighten it out. Straighten it out. Straighten it out. Well... Okay, I meant, well, that, I am weird about that kind of stuff. But, no, not going to have a light off until I have another light on. Oh, yeah. Go back. For sure. I will make 25 different trips if it's how I have to do it. 
to have a light on to light my way. I got scared going to put my trash out to the curb because it's like a long driveway, not like super long, but long. But where I live, we don't have street lights. So the one that's in our yard that like we had them put in, it like went. Very creepy. It, it is creepy. But it went off when I got close and I was like, what in the haunted fuck is this? Like, oh my gosh. So I had my like flashlight part of my phone on. But that only made it a little bit more creepy because I could see like only in front of like my feet, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is where you die. Like, I'm just out, put my trash out at like, I don't know, 10 and everything is dark. And I heard some kind of something. I don't even know. It was like wind. I was hoping you would say ruckus. <laughs> no. Some sort of ruckus. Oh, God, I wish I had. But no, some kind like wind or something. I got chill bumps everywhere. I was like, you are such a big scaredy cat because I can imagine something right there. Oh, and I'll tell you what I started thinking about. And this is so, it's silly when you watch it, but it terrified me. And it was that smiling man or the dancing man. I saw it as a little short, like a little video short. And it's this guy who is smiling. This guy was going for a jog saw this person and he's like smiling but he walks really weird Mm -hmm. and he's like oh okay well i'm not gonna be over there i'm just gonna keep doing my thing and then just like the other person where it was like it was going slow at first and then you could hear it running down the hall Mm -hmm. well that's what this man was doing with the weird stride (sighs) oh anyway if y'all ever watch it i'll have to find it and put it in the facebook group it's silly if you just watch it. But if you're like in that mood, you know, of like, okay, I'm going to watch everything like lights off. It's scary to think like, what if you came across someone who did this and like, he would like run up behind him, like to get closer, but then still do that weird stride and like have this weird smile plastered on his face and stuff. Anyway, but that's what I started thinking about because of that weird sound And like, oh my God, he's going to be walking down the street. I terrified myself. So I am your dad. I need, if I could have had like streetlight, streetlight, streetlight that I had to turn back off, turn back on, I would have. I would have done that because I made myself so scared over nothing, literally nothing. It was just dark and outside. And I'm like, I'm going to die. The smiling man with that weird stride is going to come get me. I really hope someone knows what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm sure they do. You know, I bet that Creep Mom does. If nobody else does on the planet, she will. You know what's weird that you say that? What? Creep Mom is next. What? Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Okay. Speaking of that, hey, chicks and puppies. I thought it might be time for another Creep Mom investigation story. I was literally going to say she never writes in. <laughs> I know. For those that may not know, I've been a paranormal investigator for 13 plus years, and I think this is one of my favorite investigations. Ooh, that's going to be good. We were contacted by a family that had seen a child spirit in their kitchen. Their German shepherd refused to go in there. They also heard footsteps and whispers throughout the house. 
The husband, a big biker dude type, admitted that he felt watched in the upstairs hallway and he would run to his bedroom after turning out the light. <laughs> oh my God. Again, like your dad. And you. And definitely me. Haven't we all been there after a scary movie when you were too young to stay up and watch? Great mom. Literally, that's me every night. <laughs> like, oh God, it terrifies me. Sidebar, my sister Casey and I used to sneak Nightmare on Elm Street. My grandma had it on VHS. But it was, like, recorded from something. Like, it was, you know, like, on a blank uh-huh. one that she, I guess she recorded it on Unsure. Probably USA. Maybe. Well, I, no, I'm talking, like, I was, like, four little. You don't think USA was around? I don't know. So, I can still even remember what the VHS looked like. I can remember what the the sticker that said mm-hmm. what was all on it. I can still re- tell you what that looked like. But anyway, I think I've told this before, but Casey and I would sit in their downstairs, aka like a um carport that had been enclosed. So yeah. it was like two steps down, you know, but we yeah. called it the downstairs. Anyway, so we were downstairs watching and we would like watch it, but we would put the VCR on used to be number channel thirty six on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. So that if they like open the door we could hit stop real quick and it'd be on Nickelodeon, you know? Because <laughs> that was the you could put that on a different channel. Yeah. Than the, well anyway. But I used to know for a fact that Freddy Krueger hid in my parents' bathroom. Like, yeah, because they would close the curtain so it could like open up and dry. Yeah. And I had myself convinced <laughs> that he lived behind that curtain. Yes. Like, without a doubt, I know that that's where Freddy Krueger lived. <laughs> Not in that boiler room. He lived behind my parents' <laughs> <Yes>. curtain. <laughs> that is fantastic. I still. I don't have curtains anymore like that, but I like them spread out so they could air dry. However, I do not like that because I know something's behind there. It doesn't have to be a person. It could be an R word. If y'all know me, y'all know what that means. Roach. Ah! I mean, they could be new. They may not know what you're talking about. Well, just guess. It's a bug. But anything like that. And I'm like, it's back there and I don't know it. And then, you know, I don't like, I don't like the unknown. Yeah. We also watched Silence of the Lambs when we weren't supposed to. And I used to legitimately have this reoccurring dream that Hannibal Lecter and Freddy Krueger were chasing me in this hospital. <laughs> and I had to go run to the car and drive. And it was like my mom's, at the time, she had an 85 Lincoln Town car. Mm. You know, with like the velvet from uh-huh. the ceiling falling down on your head. Yep. And I had to run and I would get in the car and when I'd go to back out, Hannibal Lecter would be hiding under the car. Ugh. Terrifying. Terrifying. Okay. Sorry, Creep Mom. We hijacked your story. (laughs) She's like, I expected nothing less. Right. Okay. But back to her email. And the husband who was, you know, like biker dad, dude. He also told us about being woken up on more than one occasion with a weight on his chest and the bed shaking. The last story said the bed was shaken. Needless to say, they were terrified. The house was one half of a duplex, which had been converted from a home built in the early 1900s. What in the same story is going on Uh, here? Right? Our historian slash researcher looked into the history of the building and discovered that a four-year-old had died in the home from TB in the 20s. So we set up cameras and recorders throughout the house and did a preliminary walkthrough. We recorded temperatures and the baseline EMF readings in every room. The residents had done some remodeling, but the 50-year-old wiring was still on their to-do list. One thing we noticed is that the EMF readings in the upstairs hallway was off the charts and following the wiring. 
For someone sensitive to EMF exposure, this can cause symptoms like headaches, nausea, insomnia, anxiety, changes in memory, and even rashes. So we likely found the culprit for the uneasy feelings. On the flip side, there are theories that high EMFs can act as a battery for spirits to draw energy from. You know, if Dybbuk Douche isn't around to use. (laughs) (laughs) Having a scientific explanation for something doesn't mean that you can't also have a ghost. By this time, it was around 11 p.m. Half the team joined the owners in the living room downstairs. The other half were in the upstairs bedroom. I was sitting in the doorway of the bedroom, so my view included the hallway and the top of the stairs. The lights were off in the whole house. We did a few EVP sessions, took a few pictures, and sat in the dark quietly, which is about 80% of paranormal investigating. Then you get the fun task of watching all the videos of the team sitting in the dark quietly. I know one person that couldn't do that job. You. Why? Sitting quietly in the dark. Oh, I thought you meant watching the videos. Uh, I know one person who couldn't do that job. Carrie. No. (laughs) No, I couldn't do any of it. Sit quietly. No. Well, we'd be like, Carrie, you cannot be on your phone. And she'd be like, I'm done. I'm out. I'd be like, who signed me up for this bullshit? (laughs) This bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay. At one point, we began to hear footsteps on the stairs. They sounded as if someone was taking one step at a time. Dun-dun, pause. Dun-dun, pause. I'm sure this isn't translating to written very well. Do the best you can. (laughs) (laughs) But I get that. It's Look, I'm short and sometimes going down. I don't take them going up like that, but going down sometimes. Because sometimes my belly, I can't see the other step, but I got to be careful. (laughs) Look, I'm just keeping it real here. I'm creeping it real that I, I do it. Like, one at a time. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. Upstairs, we looked at each other to confirm we all heard it. I kept an eye on the stairs, expecting someone from the downstairs team to be on their way up. One of us said, that must be so-and-so coming up. They never came. My daughter replied, or you know, it's the ghost, and we're all just ignoring it. Yes, I raised a smartass, like mother, like daughter. We called down on the walkie-talkie, but they hadn't moved. One of the upstairs team, Lou, walked up and down the stairs to compare the sounds. Then we listened back to all of the recordings, and here's what we found. On the camcorder closest to the stairs, we definitely heard the footsteps, and they sounded like a hard sole shoe or boot. Lou's rubber-soled shoes definitely had a softer hit. And another thing, when Lou went down the stairs, they squeaked. A lot. The other footsteps, not a single squeak. When we listened to the conversation I mentioned earlier, it went like this. Team member, that must be so-and-so coming up the stairs, my daughter, or, you know, it's a ghost and we're all just ignoring it. Then a sound of a child giggling. Yep, sound of a child giggling. Nope. None of us heard it at the time, but it was very clear on the recording. Armed with this evidence and the history uncovered by Lou's research, We had a hypothesis for the clients. Think about how a young child would wake you up. Maybe shaking the bed. And if that didn't work, maybe jumping on you. Think about the shoes a young child would wear in the 20s with hard soles and nails in the heel. How does a four-year-old go down the stairs? One step at a time. 
We let the client know that we would help them find someone to help him move on, but in the meantime, they should just be firm and upfront. This is our house. No scaring allowed. They told us later activity slowed way down after we investigated, which was very common. Sometimes, like all of us, ghosts just want to be acknowledged. I know you're going to ask, but I don't have the recordings of the EVPs, unfortunately. You'll just have to take my word that yes, even ghosts think my kid is funny. As always, I love the podcast, both of you and all the creepsters. See you at a watch party. Love, Creep Mom. That would be the ultimate. Having someone who's freaking dead think you're hilarious. Because I do not like when people don't laugh at my jokes. Like, if a guy doesn't get my sense of humor, it ain't going to work. Like, I need you to think I'm funny. Because I think I'm funny. Lord, don't we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a good comeback. <laughs> you laughed. I snickered. Oh, I want a snicker real bad. A Snickers. Just the one snicker. <laughs> oh, gosh. I would be so terrified. Like, there's, I just, I couldn't do that. I couldn't sit in the dark because of bugs. Oh, my God, I know. And because, like, usually it's shit like that, I feel like you're not at somebody's house. Yeah. You're doing some, like. Prison that's been locked up for, ah, prison that's been locked up. <laughs> See, she laughed. This is why we're friends. Yeah, but that was, like, an accidental joke. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? That's, like, got cobwebs and everything. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people's house, I can't, they can't be trusted. I've watched Torters. Actually, I haven't. Because it was on, I, I don't know if it still comes on, but it was on TLC last night when my show went off. Or you know how like your TV just randomly goes to fucking channels? Well, it was that, and they were mentioning the R words were everywhere at their mom's house. And I was like, no, like fumbling to try to find the fucking remote. I was like, I cannot have this right before I go to bed. Some of my favorite TikToks are the ones where people go into, like, rental properties to clean. Uh-uh. Like, in between renters. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking disgusting, but I'm here for it. No, I'm not. I ended up on Clean Talk, and I'm so glad I'm there. Well, I love Clean Talk, but not that. Mm-mm. Not those. A flip or flop, sometimes I fast forward through the the flop part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes that's real bad. Mm-hmm. But that's essentially what this version of Clean Talk is I'm on. Yeah. No, I don't need that. And I love it. Great mom, you never disappoint, ever. Mm-hmm. And that was really good. Props to Ailish for getting ghosts to think she's funny. Right? Okay, the next one is Sinister Sightings, Premonition, and Demons? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Hey, ladies. I finally decided to write into y'all and just wanted to say you two crack me up. I listen to your podcast 24-7, and this work-from-home mom is thanking you for saving my sanity each day during these crazy times. I have a lot of stories, but I have two stories for y'all today. I'll start with the heavy one first and end on a lighter note. So I live in a teeny town about an hour and a half north of Detroit, Michigan. We have one stoplight and a population of less than 2,000. Everyone knows everyone, and I have lived here my entire life. I'm 24 now. When I was younger, my parents would let me and my neighborhood friends pretty much go anywhere around, which was pretty much just me and my girlfriends riding four-wheelers everywhere and riding pedal bikes seven miles there and back to town just to get a damn slushy. Legit, my ass hurts even thinking of that now. This town is still to this day considered pretty safe, but it was like the town where nothing bad ever happened when I was younger. 
rambling, I know, but it's relevant to the story. So this happened when I was about nine or ten, maybe. Okay, here we go. Here's the story about how my dad's premonition, maybe, saved my whole family's life. I don't exactly remember how the conversation went, but the gist was my dad one day told my mom, brother, and I to please be careful and to be aware of our surroundings. My parents have drilled this into my brain since I was really little. So I was just like, mm-hmm, yep, cool. As it's something I always knew. But this time was just different. My dad was really serious and looked almost worried. We have been hunters and around guns in our house. So when my dad started showing hiding places in case of an emergency or where our guns were, again, just, okay, dad, thinking he was being kind of weird and continued on with my day. About a week later, my dad was leaving for work. My brother, my mom, and I were just hanging out the house. It was summertime, so my brother and I didn't have school, and it was pretty late for my dad to be leaving. It was about 11 a.m. noonish, when he usually was gone before we even got up in the morning. We all said bye, and about 10 minutes later, my mom heard a knock on the front door, and my brother and I were snoopy as fuck, peeking around the corner to see who was here, and my mom went to the front door. We didn't know the man. He was driving a white work van with tinted windows. When my mom answered the door, she just opened it enough to kind of be like, hey, what's up? Who you? This man asked to speak with my dad. My mom said, oh, I'm sorry. He just left for work. And this man, chill as hell, said, oh, okay, ma'am, here's my business card and handed it to my mom. As soon as it was in my mom's hand, this dude tried pushing the door open. My mom was pushing back and like my mom has always been a pretty small lady, but she is someone that you don't want to fuck with. She was pushing as hard as possible when this very large man was trying to get through the door. But then the guy got spooked. Why, you may ask? Well, here comes my dad pulling into the driveway like a bat out of hell. This man ran so fast to his van and sped away. My dad was raging Hulk mode running through the front door and needed to see the three of us right then and there. We were spooked, but as soon as my dad saw that we were safe, he started to relax. My mom then looked at my dad and said, you're right. It happened. Me and my brother looked at each other and were like, what the fuck you mean it happened? They sat us down and my dad began to explain why he was being so paranoid the last week and being aware and showing us how to protect ourselves. He said he had a dream of this exact situation happening, but it didn't end the same. In my dad's dream, the man made it inside. When my dad came home from work, he found my brother and my mom brutally murdered and I was gone. Like, this man kidnapped me. So when my dad left for work later than usual, and he passed the sketchy white van and felt sick, and he just knew he needed to turn around and go home. So when my dad was pulling up into our house and saw a white van in our driveway, He thought he was going to be walking into a nightmare. Who knows what would have happened if my dad didn't come home early. Yes, we called the police and made a report. Nothing ever came of it. But you remember the business card the man handed my mom? We called the number. It was a strip club that was over two hours away. So ever since this happened, I've always trusted my gut. And I swear, trusting my gut has saved me a lot of times. So if something doesn't feel right, there's a reason, people. My second story is a lot less terrifying. Well, I fucking hope it is, because this is playing out currently. My youngest daughter turned five, and let's call her E. She had always said some pretty unusual things, and we always laugh it off. 
Because, you know, kids are weird. Well, lately, E has been getting really creepy. She recently told her grandma, who was watching her at our house, that she loves playing with Papa, her husband, who passed away a few years ago. Grandma said, oh, Papa comes to visit you? E says, yeah, he's here now, and he says hi, and got the biggest smile on her face and started waving past Grandma, like Papa was behind Grandma. That's totally what I call my Grandma and Papa. Like, they were, they were married in my life. So, she told me when I got home, and I was like, oh yeah, she mentions Papa every once in a while, but just usually that he stops in and says hi, not that he's there at the moment. Which, I've always had stuff with the paranormal or whatever, so I'm like, it's no biggie, it's just Papa. Well, a few days ago, this creepy-ass child says to her sister, who's eight, at the dinner table, Knock Knock doesn't like you. I flew out of the other room so fast and was like, um, that's not nice. Who's this Knock Knock? Such a mom thing to do. Like, who doesn't like my kid? Who is this? And E says, my friend with the big teeth that lives in my room. Uh Oh, no. They say, what the actual fuck? Me and my husband are like, okay, whatever you say, try to laugh it off. Oh, my gosh. Well, today at breakfast, E starts talking about Knock Knock again. So I'm like, tell me about Knock Knock. E says, well, he's little with big teeth. He died, but now he's back. I said, who taught you this? Thinking her older sister heard something at school and was trying to scare her. E then says, Knock Knock taught me this. It's the truth. Then continues to tell me he died a long time ago, he's sad, and he likes playing with her toys. So either my daughter is a really good storyteller, and this is a funny story, or Knock Knock is a goddamn demon who's pretending to be Papa since he passed away three years ago, and I actually need to call your bedazzled boo man to come do some (laughs) investigation so he can get possessed by Knock Knock and get the fuck off. Oh my gosh. I'll keep you updated on my child with demons for friends. Thank you for the amazing podcast. And till next time, Bree from Michigan. P.S. Who the fuck names a demon knock knock? Because <laughs> he knocks uh-huh. to get her attention. That's exactly what I thought. Like the knock knock is terrifying. Yes. I just think about it at night yes. and like you hear a. Yes, and it's like, uh-uh. Like, I got chills. Because when you said that, I was like, no, that's not funny. That That's yeah. scary as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not knock, knock, pretty fucking scary. <laughs> like, you know what I'm going to be thinking about tonight when I'm asleep, like, trying to go to bed, and I can't go to bed because I've been having a really hard time going to sleep? Knock, knock. That's what I'm going to think about. So, yeah. I don't think it's a funny story. I think it's, uh, your daughter's very sensitive, and uh, she's got demons for friends. Okay, let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe Papa is coming to protect her. Mm. And so maybe Papa is really Papa. Mm-hmm. But you should dig a little more and be like, tell me about Papa. What's he, what's he saying when he comes to see you? Yeah. Like, see if you can get some, like, good info. Yeah, it might be two separate things. So it might not be a demon. It might just be a, a ghost child. Or it could just be, like I said, Papa could really be coming to protect her. Yeah. In that case, could still be a demon that he's protecting her from. True, 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 true. Also, that your dad really did save the fucking day. Like, Oh, my God, yes. How did we forget to go about that story? Because knock, knock. That's terrifying. <laughs> Move over Heidi's lap. I was knock, swear knock to God, is in I, town. I swear to God, I was about to say, Heidi just took a back seat. Oh, my God, that name. <laughs> oh, oh, like I heard, it, I was like, "Oh, that's a scary name." Yeah, was, <laughs> like, that's scary. Like, oh, that's that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Anyway, but yes, your dad and his premonition, and that is, oh my, I cannot even imagine his thoughts going through, like, I'm going to open this store. And everybody's going to be gone. Yeah. And that's why he was like, I have to see everyone right now. Like, oh, gosh. I fully believe that. If something doesn't feel right in your gut, especially situational, listen to it. Mm -hmm. Because I honestly have never heard of someone being like, oh, that was completely wrong. Or mad that they listened to their gut and left. Or you know, didn't eat the food that they're like, eh, it's expired, but like, it smells okay. Like, and then they're like, actually not worth it. And they didn't like, no one was like, I should have ate that cherry pie. I don't know why cherry pie came in my head, but you've really been wanting sweets. Lately. I really have, but you know what I mean? Like it, even something small like that or huge, like life or death situations, mm-hmm. listen to your gut. Also, it's so hard Because I would have been like, oh, he just left for work, too. You know, now I know not to. But, like, back if you were living in your place where you said it was, like, super small, everyone knew everyone kind of thing. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Because you don't want to be like, oh, yeah, he's in the shower. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, he doesn't, like, he doesn't come to the door. Just leave your card with me. You know, like, you can't say he's here, but he's not here. Yeah, but you could be like. I don't know, just be like, is there something I can help you with? Yeah, I mean, now I would say he's in the shower or something and be like, or, you know, like, he's busy at the moment. Is there something, you know, blah, blah, blah. But back then, I wouldn't have thought that. It would have been like, I don't want to lie to the person because if they're going to sit there and wait on him, he's at work, you know? But if it's anybody that really needs him, they know he's at work. Exactly. So true. So true. But also, what is the odds of him leaving for work late that day to have seen that guy? Right? It was meant to work out. Yeah, it was. Okay, this Sinister Sightings is called Dream On. Trigger warning, parent death. Hey, Donna and Carrie. First off, I want to thank you for helping me survive 2020. I know you'll be reading this a few months into 2021. (laughs) (laughs) But discovering you early on in the worst damn year was exactly what I needed. I benched your podcast all of 2020 and look forward to hearing from my favorite hilarious fellow extra large pizzas each week. Now to my stories. I have a lot of them to share, but for this first email, I'm sending ones related to dreams. One thing I have in common with Dear Donna is that I know the pain of losing a parent. Both my mom and dad dealt with a lot of chronic physical and mental illness and trauma in their lives, and my dad ended up passing away from a stroke when I was 15. My mom and I had a few angsty teenage years together as we navigated the grief of losing my dad while she balanced her own health issues and financial strain. Neither of my parents graduated from college, so when it came time for me to move on to that next chapter in my life, I was so excited. I had received a full-ride scholarship to a university only 30 minutes away from my mom. My first semester was wonderful, and by the time I came home for winter break, I was excited to spend time with my mom and my dog so I could tell her all about my newfound freedom on campus. We had a great Christmas, and even though my mom and I argued a few times over money troubles, it was one of our best holidays since my dad died. All of that came crashing down a few weeks into second semester of my freshman year. I got a call from my cousin that my mom was being rushed to the hospital. Fortunately, I lived 30 minutes away and my roommate drove me down as soon as possible. 
My mom wasn't conscious and we couldn't see her, but the doctor explained that she had suffered a brain injury. She had pneumonia and had a coughing fit at home when she fell and passed out. By the time my cousin found my mom, her brain had been without oxygen for so long. By the time she was stabilized at the hospital, we were told that she had 2% brain activity. Oh my God. She also cut her leg during her fall and was now septic. So at age 18, I was confronted with the reality that I had to make the decision to let my mom go. My incredibly smart, hilarious, and fiercely independent and strong mother. I was so angry that I couldn't hear her laugh anymore or settle into her comfy body for a hug. However, she and I weren't alone as I made the worst decision ever. Her hospital room was packed with my aunts, uncles, cousins, and all of my best friends who held me as we said goodbye to one of our favorite people. (laughs) I mean, she warned us. As for me, I made it through my first year of college okay. In fact, I ended up a proud first-generation graduate with two degrees. I work in higher education now, and I hope to get my PhD once the world isn't on fire anymore. But let's go back to my first year in college. I'm finishing up my first year, barely keeping it together, and my friends and I decided to move off campus into our first apartment. That was also an exciting new venture, but I was still fresh off of losing my mom and vulnerable, lost, and figuring out how to adult. I was really overwhelmed with moving into my first place and all the stress and money that comes along with that. I don't really dream often, but when I do, it's very vivid and sometimes poignant. I believe that my mom visited me in my dream that first night I moved into my apartment. In my dream, I was doing the dishes in the kitchen where there was a small window over the sink that looked out to the walkway in the grass area. I looked up from my task and saw my mom standing about 10 feet away in the grass clearing. She had one of those comfy, worn, floral dresses she used to wear, and she had a ring of light behind her. She opened her arms up as if to offer a hug. I finally looked straight into her face, and she just smiled and nodded. Even though it was about seven months after her death, I think that was her telling me that she was okay and that she loved me. That was the first of many visits that I'd received from my mom and my dad over the years. I always have dreams with them around times of great stress in my life, going to grad school, new jobs, moving across the country, etc. I think they check in to let me know that they're still here for me, even though I've had to grow up really fast and support myself without them being by my side. My mom and dad were two of my absolute favorite people in the world, and I still get upset sometimes when I think about how others don't get to experience their kindness and humor anymore. Now at age 31, 16 and 13 years after their passing, respectively, I've learned to manage the grief and I move forward knowing that I'm making them proud and that I am who I am because of my parents. But I also am who I am because of the loss of my parents. Even if it is my brain conjuring up their support when I need it, or if it is indeed something from beyond, I hope they never stop visiting me in my dreams. Note, it gets better after this story. Stick with me. For my last story, I wanted to end with something much more lighthearted after a heavy personal story. Remember when I mentioned grad school? Well, it's really fucking hard and stressful, and by my second year, I needed a break. So for spring break, a friend and I organized a trip to Oregon, starting in Portland and going around the coast and back to Portland. To this day, it's still one of my favorite places and trips. 
mainly because it's an absolutely beautiful state, but also because I have a few sleep stories from that trip that still crack people up to this day. I am definitely a nervous traveler. Can't sleep, can't poop, get wound up about different things. This trip was before I was diagnosed with anxiety and before I got the right balance of meds. Lord help us. The first night that we were in Portland and in our first Airbnb, I just could not fall asleep. Perhaps I was too excited to get started on our road trip around the coast. My friend gave me some z So we're not even talking heavy shit like Ambien. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just the fact that this story is Zequil made me giggle. <laughs> and my body just didn't know how to handle it. I got so anxious that it wasn't going to work that I kept asking her, is it working? Am I asleep? <laughs> I thought I had laid awake for hours and was just so upset that I'd be driving the next day with little to no sleep. I went downstairs for a bathroom break and looked at the clock in the kitchen, fully expecting for it to read 5 or 6 a.m. Nope, it was only 12.30 a.m. and I had been freaking out for just under an hour. (laughs) Again, it felt like hours. I finally did fall asleep, but I vowed to never take that shit again because apparently my anxious brain was like, ha ha. I didn't keep to my promise. About four days into the trip, we were heading back to Portland from the coast and stopped overnight in Corvallis. I don't know if that's right. Oregon. Home to Oregon State University and also a cute little tulip farm where we were staying in an adorable b and I'm talking sweet old host who had a talking pet parrot and who set a table for tea time. Kind of adorable. The night we stayed... I just could not sleep again. I knew we had another day of driving ahead of us, so I was determined to wind down. So the z happened again. But this time, I lost my mind and had a wonderful dream sleep paralysis trip. In real life, the room we were staying in was at the top of a steep set of stairs leading up to the second floor of the cottage, where there were three cute little rooms and a bathroom. Each one had a sign on the door like creek view, garden view, balcony view, etc. We were in one of the corner rooms in garden view next to the bathroom. In my dream, maybe reality, I had gotten up to go to the bathroom and it felt like super slow motion. You know the quicksand feeling in dreams? As I was exiting the bathroom, some kind of force was pulling me toward the balcony view room. I was trying to fight it so much, and I felt like I was swimming against a current. It felt like ages, but I finally slow-mo walked my way back into our room with this force still swirling in the hallway outside of my door. I was making my way around the bed and finally was able to lay down on my back on my side of the bed that I shared with my friend. Immediately, I started sinking into the bed and was stuck in the mattress. I literally felt paralyzed and unable to move common in sleep paralysis, a weight was on my chest and was keeping me pinned down. Instead of a sleep demon or another entity pinning me down, something even worse appeared on my chest. Slugworth. Yeah, you read that right. The creepy dude from Willy Wonka who was working for him the whole time. Spoiler alert for a 50-year-old movie. (laughs) (laughs) Slugworth who finds you in the alleys to offer you money to reveal Wonka's secrets. But in this case, he wasn't offering me money. He was offering me chocolate. Sidebar, that guy was so scary in the So movie. fucking scary. How did he always know where they were? I, ugh, I don't know because he, he was an alien. 
okay, I was going to go to a really good PI, you went straight to extraterrestrial. (laughs) Yes. You went PI, I went ET. Okay. In real life, your girl loves chocolate, and I'd be like, hey, thanks. But this dude is creepy with a high-pitched voice, and he's shoving a bar of chocolate in my face while I couldn't breathe. Demon Slugworth was telling me that I needed to take the chocolate. You have to take the chocolate. I didn't trust this little chess goblin because I was pretty sure he was what was pulling me into that room. So to shake myself out of this dream paralysis trip, I was finally able to scream, I don't want the fucking chocolate. Something I have never yelled in my life. (laughs) Right? I finally had woken myself up and my friend turned from scrolling on her phone to ask me if I was okay. What the fuck? Why are we the same person? Why are we the same person? Oh my God. That's literally happened with us before where I talk in my sleep like that and you're like, what? Right? You all right over there? I was like, uh, yeah. But then she told me I had actually screamed that out loud and was like, why are you screaming about chocolate? <laughs> I told her the whole saga and we laughed so hard at how I should never take a sleep aid again. However, it got a bit weird when we went downstairs for breakfast. I'm pretty sure our host heard me screaming because it was only 7.30 a.m. when I woke up and they're farm people, so they probably wake up with the roosters. I got a few side eyes, but luckily it was our last day and I never have to see them again. They did at least let me play with their pet parrot, Pico. That's all I have for now. Stay tuned for more stories about the paranormal and Goatman's Bridge. Oh, can't wait. I live next to it and have my own spooky stories about that place. Much love and creep it real. Love, Dorothy. That's her anonymous name. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh. one, I'm so glad you ended with the lighthearted story because that one did get me. You warned me, but it got me. But also, just like your first generation college graduate, me too. You know, like, my dad suffered a stroke. He's alive, but there's that. And then, like, how you talked about your mom. It was, ugh. But I'm so glad that you do see them in your dreams, and that's really sweet. I have a dream now that I have to go back to high school. I may have told this already, too, because, you know, you kind of run out of stories. (laughs) 100 and 700, 100 and, well, almost 200 episodes in. Yeah. So, I have a dream where I'm back in high school And I'm missing, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two. It's usually two classes. And turns out I never took them. And I don't actually have a high school diploma. And I'm like, in my dream. back in college? I said high school. In my dream, I am me with my current degrees. And I found out that I'm missing two classes from high school. Sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two. It's usually two. And I have to go back and take them. And I always forget to go. To the class, not uncommon, or I can't find the classroom. I know we've talked about this before because somebody said that they have that dream too, where they go back to the same high school, but they can't find the classroom. Yeah. But even in my dream, I'm like, but I have a doctorate. Like, how does this work? Like, did those not count? What about those other degrees I have? Like, do I have to go back? And they're like, no, you just have to finish these classes and then these nuts and then it'll all be good yeah and then i forget to go to the class or i can't figure out my schedule or like it won't pull up online or i don't know where the classroom is like it's always something that stops me from going to that class yeah or two and i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god i'm gonna have to do all my degrees again (laughs) (laughs) i can't do it oh my gosh i have a dream where i go back to high school 
where they had printed out my, because you used to get like your, I don't know what it is like now, but used to, you would get mailed your schedule in the, like, here's your final grades and here's your schedule kind of thing. Yeah. And it was on the printout that they had to like take both of the like sides off of it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Perforated paper, yeah. Yeah, it was like on that kind of printer. It was like, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Yes. That's how it sounded. That's exactly it. Anyway, well, it's that, but I've lost it. Not uncommon. <laughs> but I'm like, but where is, but I'm like, oh, no, 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 I know it. And then it's like, no, I don't know it. I don't know what I have for my first period. Oh, my God. But they're not like printing it out in the office or I can't get yes, to the you office. You always go or to something. the office and nobody will help you yes. or you can't find the office or the line's too long and you're like, just print me my schedule. That's all I need. Yeah, I'm I missing this class. Then also, this is just me. I know. Why? Because I don't, I'm fat. So I don't want to have to be running to a class and then get there, be heavy breathing and sweaty. So like, I'm going to have to walk and take my time. So I needed to know where that class was so I could have left. And start your process. Uh huh. It's interesting how that to me tells me how traumatizing high school actually is. Right. That that, because we probably have those dreams when we're extra stressed, like, we, we feel like there's a task or we feel like there's something in our lives that we need to work on, we need to do, we need to get to, we need to handle. Yeah. And we feel like we're blocked in some way. And so that's probably when we have those dreams. But the fact that it goes back to high school yes. so often tells me how traumatizing high school actually is. When we really didn't have that bad of a time in high school. No, it's because everything is like, or you'll fail. You'll or never graduate. a permanent stamp on your record. Yeah. It's like, it's what like, record? Who has this record? Yes. So it's, yeah, like you can't miss this class or you're going to like fail the class. And never go to college and never get a degree yeah. and never have a good life and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I have degrees and I don't have a good life, okay? <laughs> Jokes, Jokes on, on you. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay. there's our dreams. <laughs> I actually do have a good life. I'm just kidding. But I mean, like, I ain't got money. Uh, you do. But I don't have like. <laughs> I mean, I'm no fucking Bill Gates. True crime in action, question mark? Maybe? Change my name to Deputy Clementine. That's my nickname for everything, even among us. Alrighty, y'all. So, I'm a loss prevention officer. Catch shoplifters, maintain store safety, the works. So, last night, I had a physical altercation with two shoplifters. Got roughed up a bit, but walked away from it in one piece, and the PD were able to get them at the next town over. They tried stealing from a store there, too. Criminals are dumb. So my officer is on the phone with me and he says, so how bad did they rough you up? Do you have any red marks anywhere? Me, Mason. I'm an extra large pizza with stuffed crust. No, I don't have any marks on my body. Him. You are a double pepperoni extra cheese. Is your back hurting? (laughs) Me, probably. No need to file an assault charge. Assault charges ended up being filed. I woke up this morning and my whole body is sore, but I got my merchandise back $1,331.54. That's a felony in my state. And I might even hit an organized retail crime ring. ORC is where they send boosters into stores with shopping lists. These happen all the time in places like Ulta and Sephora, where entire groups go into stores and sweep shelves. Tide Pods are especially targeted because of their ability to be used for drug bartering. Merchandise can't be tracked the way cash can. There's no surveillance of the dealers going into the store to buy tons of merchandise with the money they make from selling. 
So that's why they receive merchandise. My average stop at my retail box store is around $1,200. They steal electronics, hoverboards, baby clothes. A lot of times you'll come across fish tank boxes or baby car seat boxes that they've attempted to stuff other merchandise into. And then they push it out of the store in whole shopping carts. I love my job. Anyway, my officer on the second shift and the dispatch all love your podcast. And I often use pizza size to describe <laughs> Sorry. And I often use pizza size to describe to the dispatcher what the subject looks like. <laughs> you guys are small town famous. Love your podcast, Deputy Clementine. Oh my God, that's amazing. I love that so freaking much. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is wild. People are so smart. You know that the other day when we were at Dirt Cheap, okay, keep in mind, this is fucking Dirt Cheap. Like, it's literally the name of the place. It's not being me, it's not me being an asshole calling this place. That's literally the name of the, of the place. Like, when we were talking about it the other night at my sister's house, my nephew Peyton, he's a freshman in high school. He comes up to me and said, Is that really the name of the place? And I was like, <laughs> Shit, do people think we're being assholes calling it Dirt Cheap? That's really, That's the, really name the name of the of place. <laughs> Like, it never dawned on me that somebody would think that we were, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wouldn't know that was an, anyway. So, we're in Dirt Cheap, which is our salvage store. It was when me and Colby went that day after dinner. And it's like a salvage store, lots of, like, Target merchandise and all that that's salvaged. Well, we're shopping because Donna and I take forever and Colby gets bored, so he kind of wanders off sometimes. And he came back and he was like, you see that guy over there? I just watched him stuff something in his pants. And I'm like... We're in a fucking salvage store. It, it's literally probably 80 cents what you just stuffed in your yeah. pants. Like, you're going to risk whatever for like 80 fucking cents. Right. What the fuck? But there's all kinds of shit that's missing. And I'm like, we're in a salvage store. Like, what? What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, fuck you, because that's what keeps our prices up. Yes. I mean, I read this on a Walmart and Dirt Cheap when I go to the bathroom, and they say, we prosecute shoppers. That's what helps us keep our prices down. Shoplifters, not shoppers. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it used to be called Hudson's Treasure, Hunt. whatever. Yeah. Back in the day when I was, like, in middle school, I was with two people, and her boyfriend stole, like, it was a toothbrush holder that was, like, stars. I mean, it was cute. But it had, like, stars and glitter and something. It was like a toothbrush holder. And we didn't know this at the time because I, oh, my God. Look, I'll watch a double feature and only pay for one movie. But now, like, that's merchandise, like you're saying. When we got out to their car, he pulled it out. And I was like, <gasps> like, I could get in trouble for you stealing something from this salvage place? Like, are you kidding me? But, I mean, we didn't have money. Like, we, I don't know why we all went there. I don't even know how I ended up there. We weren't really friends. Well, one time in middle school, you know how like the cool thing to do would be like walk around the mall? Yeah. Me and one of my friends had like seen some people we knew there and somehow we like kind of met up with them, but not intentionally. They were stealing a bunch of stuff from Claire's and Afterthoughts. And do you remember that story? Afterthoughts? Love loved that. And so they had stolen a bunch of stuff from there and like gave me some of it. And it made me so sick to my stomach. And, like, every time I would pass, like, a, a security officer, I'd be like, <gasps> and it scared yes. me so bad. I ended up just throwing it all away. <laughs> and it's like, I should take it back to the store. But I also didn't want them to know that I think I did it and all yeah. this stuff. And it's like, no, I just threw it all away. And that made me feel so much better. 
I was like, I can't even keep this, and I'm not even the one that stole it. Yeah, you know? yeah. But then you're complicit in all the things, and so, yeah, you kind of did if you take it, for, you know. yeah. If you take it knowing that they stole it, you're just as complicit. And so I was just like, my stomach fucking hurts so bad. I had to throw it away. I am a fucking rule follower. I cannot. I cannot be lackadaisical about that kind of stuff. It literally makes me (laughs) physically ill to my stomach. No, yeah, I get that. I mean, I'm not as rule following as you are, but I definitely don't steal. Fuck no. You're more of a bend the rules. You're not a like, uh, do illegal shit. Yeah, but I remember how that made me feel, knowing that he did that. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can never go in there again, because what if they knew? Yeah. What if they knew? <laughs> what if they know that he stole, and then, like... They think you did Yeah, it. uh-uh. Well, thank you for being the loss prevention and keeping our things cheap. Yes. Ish. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if I told this story before, but but me and my mom were in walmart and we were by the they had like the cards and the crafts together and stuff so i mean my mom's been dead for six years so i mean it's been a while but i was watching this guy watch this girl and me and my mom were watching he was like he would go aisle to aisle with her you know just kind of watching and like staying back and me and my mom were like what in the fuck I was like, Mama, should we say something? And she was like, they might know each other. He's just kind of creepy. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do? Yeah. And she was like, I don't know. And then, like, that, they ended up, that woman left. And so then that guy stayed around for a minute. And then he left, but the opposite way, you know? And so my mom was like, see, nothing. And I was like, oh, okay. But it was just so weird because we're watching him watch her. And it's like he had no clue that we were watching him. Well... A few, like, weeks later, or maybe even months, I was on Facebook, and I believe it was Kim Paola, one of my old teachers, but she's my friend on Facebook and all. And she listens to the podcast. Yep, so shout out. She had asked about it, like, hey, I saw this really creepy guy, like, staring, you know, like, blah, 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 or something. And I was like, Mama, yeah, oh, my gosh. Like, thinking that we had this, like, creeper in Walmart. Um, No, someone commented was like, I think that's her loss prevention person. You know, that person was probably stealing or they saw something. And so then he was watching to see if he could catch her in the act, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, I, of course, went to he's going to kill her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, oh, my God, what should we do? What should we do? You know, and of course, me and my mom were like, oh, nothing. But I mean, when I was younger, not young, but whatever. Now I'd be more ballsy to like get someone, do something. But not then. But I just remember being like, oh, my God, this guy is creepy. And then me and my mom being creeps watching him. Yeah, be creepy on her. Yeah. But then to find out, and that makes sense, you know, like, oh, he probably is watching, you know, because of blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't know if that was the truth or not, but someone said that and it made sense. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, like how y'all figure out the tactics and all that because y'all smarter than I am because I'd be like yes. I don't see anything happening and it's like no did you see how they shifted their hand in their pocket and right I'm like no I didn't fucking see that no also I could never steal anything by putting it in my clothes because I wear leggings and they do not have pockets some do mine do some yours mine do. do but not mine my old navy ones don't girl you gotta get the Sam's brand 
I can't fit in Sam's brand. Oh. I would if I could. Also, they need cropped links because uh, my legs are short. Okay. This has been Tangent Time Galore. It really has. Sorry, y'all. But this is the last one, and it's called Sleep Paralysis Clowns. Hey, ladies. About six months ago in June, I wrote about a hallucination I had of someone breaking into my house and mentioned that I have a couple sleep paralysis stories that I would send in once I gathered enough energy to do so. Here I am in December, finally producing enough energy to write in my story. This is my most recent sleep paralysis experience. Here's a bit of a backstory. Earlier this year, I had been diagnosed with severe anxiety, which I found out about through weeks of nightly sleep paralysis. If I was lucky, I'd be free from it about one or two nights a week. I'm pretty good at making sure I take my medication, but every so often, I feel good about my mental state and decide that I don't need to take them. Here's an example of why a person should always take their medication. This day in question was a particularly fulfilling and busy day, and by the end of it, I was exhausted and climbed into bed. Since I was having a great mental health day with no panic attacks the whole day, I decided that I didn't need to take my anxiety medication, which was the worst decision ever. Eventually, I was able to drift off when all of a sudden, I feel as though I'm having a seizure. I'm laying there on my stomach, my face facing the door, trying to move, but I can't. Then I see my door being kicked open, which I always close and lock, and see this short, round, creepy clown in the middle of my doorway. Mm -mm. Very 90s clown-esque. He stands there for a little while when I'm over here basically sharding myself to death and see him with a gigantic, thin-lipped grin on his face. He starts tilting his head very slowly towards the right and says, Oh, Sarah, Why do we look so sad? I'm just here to play. All that alone nearly caused me to have a heart attack. But don't worry, it gets worse. I'm speedily blinking, trying to clear the image of this clown out of my mind. And at one point, he was gone. So I was thinking that that was the end of my sleep paralysis and try to get myself fully conscious and moving about. Then the feeling of me having a seizure comes back and the clown jumps up into my face and stares at me without blinking. This time, whispering in my ear different creepy statements like, Sarah Bear, you can't run. Sarah Bear, now you know you're done. And I'm always with you. I'm always watching. Why are you going to read it so slow and quiet like? I don't know. Sarah Bear is a nickname my besties gave me. Then he starts evaporating into thin air while maniacally laughing. Mm -mm. That sounds like Kearney's laugh. That's when I'm able to jolt myself awake and convince myself to get up and take my pills, even though I was scared to death that I would run into this fuck face of a clown in my kitchen. After taking my medication, I go back to bed and am weirdly able to fall asleep as if nothing had happened. In my experiences, sleep paralysis always makes a person exhausted the next day, no matter the amount of sleep you get. It takes a lot out of a person, leaves you paranoid as all else, paranoid that you'll randomly encounter a bad experience at any point in the day. You'll always be looking over your shoulder and taking extra precautions so you don't run into a bad scenario. Sleep paralysis can really fuck up a person's mental state. You're always in a state of panic and anxiety, which makes a person's anxiety so much worse. 
please, please, please make it a priority to take medication that you're prescribed. Even if you feel on cloud nine, it's never a good idea to skip your meds. Goodbye from your favorite extra large Canadian pizza, Sarah B. from Alberta, Canada. And by the way, I've basically become the third wheel in y'all's friendship because my Spotify rap 2020 told me that y'all were my most streamed podcast with 55,000 minutes of listening time. Which is roughly 33 days. And next year, I'm a reach for more. Holy shit. I don't know how you're not tired of us. I'm tired of us, and I didn't even listen to that much. <laughs> Y'all are tired of us after this long ass. This has episode. been a long episode. We've been chatty. Tangent time. That is wild. No, I do not need that little clown to come up and then to like like get in your face and stuff. And no, and say all that shit like Donna said because I bet that's how he said it. Ugh, and like how you said he like slightly tilted his head to. The side when he said it at first, like, why are you so sad? Oh, nope. Don't need that. I mean, don't need sleep paralysis anyway. But also all this sleep paralysis. And I've had some really shitty nights lately. And I'm just like, please let me just go to sleep easy tonight because this is all going to be in my head. And you know what's going to be first and foremost? Knock, knock. Oh, good. Well, I would say all in all, you haven't had as shitty of a night as these people. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, these stories did not freaking disappoint. Thank y'all so much for sending them in and sticking with us through our 475 tangents. We really appreciate it. Hopefully y'all enjoyed a little kind of get to know us things that I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've literally told all of my stories before, but here we are. Thank y'all so much for bearing your heart and soul in these stories because y'all really do tell us some pretty personal things yeah. and we really do appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And remember, creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.